Welcome back to Opa Podcast, episode 49. Uh, today, joining us will be Griffin. Hello. Wyatt. Oh. Soup. We back. And uh, I'm one of your hosts and producers, Jason L. And we're back for uh, recapping the victory over Western Illinois, preview uh, the next game against Colorado at home at Huntington Bank Stadium, and a few other uh, notes and hot takes or anything else in the in-between. So uh, to get started here, gentlemen, uh, our Golden Gophers beat Western Illinois 62-10. Uh, to 10. Um, Just go through a quick run-through of the box score. Um, our very own Tanner Morgan uh, was 14 of 18 for 287 yards with one touchdown uh, and a 15.9-yard average. Uh, with a QBR of 88.3. And then uh, we got to see our backups in this game as well. So uh, Ethan Calic manis was 3 of 3 for 67 yards, 22.3 yards average uh, with a 99.6 QBR. Uh, and Cole Kramer, who was 1 of 4 for 18 yards uh, with only 4.5 average and 36.6 yards. Oh, no, 36.6 QBR. Um, but overall, in, in terms of in the air, we were uh, 372 yards uh, compared to our rushing, which was 307, so pretty even game on offense. And obviously, Mo led the way, 23 carries for a buck 30. Trey was at 10 of 79. Bryce Williams, 8 of 51. Uh, Preston Jellin, 2 of 32 with a tutty as well. Um, and then, of course, obviously, Quarterback sneaks in the end zones for Tanner and Ethan, respectively. Uh, receiving core, Crab, Ada as well. Five receptions for 118. Um, number two, surprisingly, is Clay Geary. Three receptions for 65 yards, uh, eking out ahead of Brevin Spanford, uh, who's third uh, from that list. Um, then defense eight all day, particularly Cody Lindenberg. Uh, had six total tackles, four solos, a one TFL. Um, then behind Mariano, Jordan, Derek, the captain, you know, de- defense ate up the Western Illinois offense that Saturday. Uh, Jordan Howden got the pick, uh, late in the game as well. And then, uh, for some, uh, kicking stat special teams, just for wide here, uh, Matt Trickett, uh, two for two and field goals, eight for eight on extra points. And then Mark Crawford only had one punt, uh, but that was for 46 yards, uh, but laying it inside the 20. That's stats-wise on this game uh, for the Gophers. So, any thoughts, reactions? Well, I'm just more impressed because I think everything we kind of talked about last week going into this game seemed to kind of fall into place. Um, We talked about, at least I know I talked about Tanner Morgan stretching the field more. We saw that. Not all the passes were necessarily the most accurate, but it's good to see the ball getting thrown down the field. Um we saw they kept going with the, uh, I know um, Soup mentioned the tight end push for the quarterback sneaks. Those were still very present. And they threw it to Brevin Span Ford, and look what happened on offense. He's making big plays. Uh, I think everything was, everything really uh, just fell into place. And everything that we talked about, they did, and clearly was the recipe for success here. Yeah, I agree with Griffin a lot there. Um, it was nice to see Crab sort of be back involved after a 
game against New Mexico State where I, we didn't see a ton of him. Um, so seeing him sort of take back control of, you know, leading the team in receiving yardage is really nice. I was I was worried about him for a second, but we don't got to be worried about Crab. I don't think. He's going to get his. Yeah, and the other thing I'll say about, like, Clay Geary being two, that's because for the first time in a while during a non-conference game, they're finally able to, like, get the twos in, right? Like, when was a – it's, like, the first time during the P.J. Fleck era where where the um, non-conference games haven't been close, right? Like, every other non-conference game has been, like, a nail-biter, and you've had to have the ones in down to the the wire, but you were getting the twos and some threes in there, so I think that's why Clay Geary is so high. And I will say too, um, I got to. And then I think I think I'm not sure why. And Griffin saw it. I was watching some highlights, uh, and the full game uh, before the podcast. And I was try. I was looking particularly for uh, when the twos and threes came in uh, on offense and defense. And I was um, impressed by Ethan. Like I didn't. I told, I said it's off air, but I was like, he's a big dude. Like he's Wyatt mentioned it. Correct me, six four, two hundred ish pounds, and I'm like, holy crap, that guy is big, and um, I and I know that he has a big zip to his when he throws a ball. Like there's some speed to that uh, ball as it comes out of his hands. Um, he's also a big guy, big frame. Again, they I think they're on like the two yard line, uh, one and a half yard line when they did the QB sneak. Um, still ran it in there. Um, you know, looks very poised, uh, even though it looks like probably second, third team defense at, at Western Illinois. Um, I know Cole stru- struggled a bit. Um, some of those passes were either a little too high or dropped, um, but whatever the case may be, um, I think Cole looked poised as well. Uh, I think if there is a, if, once Tanner leaves and there is competition, I think Ethan might eke out, <laughs> honestly, but I think that's the future talk on my end. Um, I mean, when it comes to about this year at all, it doesn't look like. Yeah. And I'll just say when it comes to like prospects and like recruiting pipeline, like Cole Kramer's, you know, no disrespect to Cole Kramer, but Ethan, Ethan's a little different. He is. He is. Um, Let's see. What and else one more thing before we oh. move off of Ethan, he should have had a touchdown. Dalen Wright was in. They should have challenged that. I thought he would have <laughs> got it. So I, I actually agree with soup here he uh i respect not challenging in a game where you're up a 50 ball but dalen was in i wanted Ethan to get the passing <laughs> td because i really like seeing him out there and it's um like sometimes with tanner on these like intermediate crossers it can be a, you kind of hold your breath when the ball goes up because he's he's not he doesn't have like the rainbow but, you know, he's got a little more touch, right? Like, he's got a little more touch on his ball than a guy like Aethan, who's, you know, 6'4", 220, 230, and can really zip it out there. But to watch Aethan come out with the twos and just see him drive the ball 30 yards on a line downfield is fun. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, looking a little bit further as well, um, there was some mistakes this game. I do want. To, I know it was a great game over. Like we we got the big score lead and won the game, but I do have to mention the bad sides of watching this game. I rewatched it today as well, and oh my gosh, what the hell is with these fumbles? <laughs> uh, I know one. I know one of them got turned uh, turned over uh, on that Trey Potts 
rush where they call them down. Um, but like opening the game, it would have been a lot closer if they had a better camera yeah. angle. There are no good angles of that. Yeah, like when the game opened, like the, on the was it the first or second possession for the goal? It, it was the first possession. First possession, second play, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Brown Stevens fumbled the ball um, in our own. It, it, I think on our side of the fifty. I'm trying to recall here as best I can. Um, I missed that part of the game on Saturday. I woke up late. Um, got back from Florida. Uh, but other than that, uh, I rewatched it. Yeah, it was that um, a couple other times throughout the game. I was like, good old heart-wrenching gophers. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, I think that's it for me. Like, I think that was a big downside. Like, all these fumble, like either the fumble or like near fumbles, like scares the shit out of me. And we're only up like ten points. Yeah, I mean that was, I mean the first fumble was scary because it's the first drive of this of the game and and that can kind of raise an eyebrow to you because if you are going to upset a team like minnesota on the road as an fcs opponent you're that's the way you're going to do it you're going to turn them over early and jump out on them right away but i mean they went right back to brown stevens like a drive or two later they went right back to him he's been seeing a lot of volume i'm really impressed with kind of how he's developed and, and where he is now as a receiver. He's running some crisp routes and they're finally getting him underneath in the open field where he can use those wheels. And uh, I, I agree with you. And I think like the fumbles are definitely a thing to watch for, but the fact that they went back to him later in the game, I think it shows that it's something that they're not that concerned about. Yeah. And even if, even if we did lose a second fumble in that game, I think too, we just, we played such a disciplined game on, in terms of um, penalties as well, like we only had three penalties called against us the entire game. And you had Western Illinois that had number, I think, what was it, 26 that we were talking about that just absolutely threw Muhammad down on the goal line after the play. Was oh, yeah. even It's like those, if if you rack up two or three of those 15-yard penalties in the game, like it's going to cost you. So I think just playing smart there really helped. I mean, it's not like we needed the help necessarily, but it always makes up for um some of those other mistakes i noticed that too just watching that game in general the third fourth quarter got a little chippy out there i mean there were guys shoving each other after the whistle and stuff but like you know credit to our guys i didn't get caught up in any of that because you didn't see any flags come out and you know guys are gonna you know be upset getting you know frankly embarrassed like that on national tv for the first time in a while for them i'm sure but you know i good on us to keep our heads out of it because the flags come in when you retaliate. They almost never get the first guy. They're always going to get the second and third guys, and we didn't fall into that. So, mm-hmm. Very clean game on the Gophers. Uh, but I remember Wyatt's snap on the group chat when uh, the guy threw uh, Mohammed after the <laughs> Absolutely suplexed him. I, I didn't I, – you can't explain that. This there, there, I think Soup said it. There's a reason this guy is playing – fcs ball yeah i i think it's because he had no idea what was going on i don't even think it was malicious i think he thought mo had the football because they're running all this hyper condensed stuff when they get down to the goal line but they're running that sneak play that we all have seen for a couple weeks now but i think but i think he's just like oh that's the running back you know like maybe he has the ball and even if it is malicious like it's just it's just dumb like stuff like that is just like you're lucky you're lucky that the entire offensive line is basically face first in the end zone, like five five yards deep at this point. Otherwise, you would have probably had problems. So, 
Yeah. But overall, a uh, great victory for the Gophers. Got to see, um, as Sue mentioned, uh, see the twos and threes a lot out on the field, which is really good, especially in the current era for PJ Fleck. We haven't seen that in the past. Um, and I, do I mean, that's what note, these games are supposed to be for, yeah. right? Like, not to interrupt you, but like that's that's what these games are for. That's why they shortened the red shirt rule to four games instead of three, because everybody plays three non-conference games. So you can start all your young guys and your and your depth guys, and get people like you know actual game reps, and not lose eligibility. But you know, since we have this is like a like a small rant of mine for the season so far, because I've heard a lot of people say that like, Oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. Like we're not ranked right now. How are we not ranked? Like, I understand we haven't played anybody quote unquote, but we've beaten the ever living crap out of both teams. We've played. You don't beat not ranked. We're getting less votes than Wisconsin who just lost to Washington state. We got more votes than them this week. Oh, and two. I think we got more votes than them this week, actually. Um, Are you talking about that Tony Liebert tweet? Where he put out the... Yeah, he put out, he put out like, the, the rankings and the way he had it. Like, usually people put in the parentheses, like, um, how many votes people got. But he was putting in the parentheses where they would be overall based on the rankings. Oh, I, was, I was looking at uh, the AP poll. Really? It might have been the coaches' poll. The, no, the coaches' poll, yes. I was the coaches' say, poll, yes, they got more votes than us. At least one of them, Wisconsin, got more votes than us. And I'm pretty sure Notre Dame did in both, uh, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's always going to happen. That's kind of their thing. Like Most of these teams are playing non-conference right now, but um, at the same time, the Gophers right now have the nation's number one offense and number one defense in yards allowed. And we can't get any respect now. Part of me doesn't even want to be ranked because you just want to keep flying under the radar. Mm-hmm. True. But at the same time, it's like, where's the respect? So I have seen tweets today where there were a bunch of people that was like, had their different opinions on the top 25, and someone had the Gophers as high as 15. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of that too. I mean, Joel Klatt, you know, Fox is probably like biggest uh, college football analyst, said that the Gophers were his team to watch in the Big Ten West like last week. So like, He's on it. Guys like that who know are on it. It's just like rankings this early are just so they're so weird for so many reasons. I mean, we've what we've we've beaten our first two component opponents a combined score like a hundred and some hundred and ten to three or something like that doesn't just happen. Yeah. So I don't know. It's and the thing with like yeah, so what you're playing non-conference opponents, but it's like you play who the schedule puts in front of you, and you know. I think we all need – go ahead, Wyatt. We played non-conference opponents last year. We lost to Bowling Green. Yeah. This year, Texas A&M just went down to Appalachian State. Uh, Notre Dame lost to Marshall. Alabama almost lost to a Texas squad that not a lot of people are giving credit. Yeah. Well, that and, you know, it's been a long week for everybody, you know, with, with the recent news and just everything going on and – we lost one of the one of the best people in this world among us, one of the true bringers of joy. And I'm, of course, talking about former Nebraska head coach Scott Frost, <laughs> who also <laughs> lost 45 to 42 to, Jet, to uh, what was it? Who they lose Georgia. to? Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, really? <laughs> yeah, one one point three eight million to get embarrassed at home. Love it. 
and they're willing to spend the uh, what seven point five million on the buyout to fire. Yeah, the extra games, uh, a few games early, before they drop the buyout further. And I was like, yeah, you go Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> for our dunking on Scott Frost segment, but I would love to be getting paid fifteen million to sit on the couch and not coach the Nebraska Cornhuskers. You could argue he's been doing that for a while, but. All right, back to um, recap the game. I, I did forget to mention it. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised Griffin didn't catch me on this. Uh, time of possession, we had 39-13 uh, versus Western Illinois' 20-47. Uh, so dominated that as well. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm out of things to discuss for this game. You guys have anything else before we move on? The defense is legit. It's legit. It is. <laughs> That's the, uh, yeah, the defense, I really the wasn't sure what the defense was going to look like, um, but I've been pleasantly surprised so far. And obviously, we're playing non-conference opponents, but you know, like Soup said, you play who's on the schedule, and the fact that we're going out and you know keeping them to almost nothing, getting to our second stringers on defense, that's where you that's what you want to see those first two weeks. I, I mean, the only way the only, I'm sure Joe Rossi is not happy because I think he should have had back-to-back shutouts because they got that field goal off of that weak, weak, weak roughing the passer call on fourth down or whatever it was. It was that really weak one where um, I think it was, I don't know, remember who it was. Maybe it was Trill Carter coming Trill around. Carter. It, was, it was Trill. Yeah, and then he reaches up and he's got his hand on the quarterback and the guy just chucks the ball and he you know brings him down and they call roughing the passer and extend the drive for them. And it's just like, and that's how they got their three points. So I get why they made the call, but it was, yeah, I agree with you. It was yeah, I don't, yeah, and that, but I'm just saying that's the only, that's the only points they had was that drive. So I think I think Rossi is is uh, a little upset about not not getting those back to back shutouts. I think he earned them. I think the unit uh, looks really good. Um, you know, you missed a few sacks there. I remember Cody Lindbergh going over the top of the quarterback once. Uh, I think that'll all get cleaned up. But mainly, I've been impressed with their willingness to rely on their secondary you're seeing a lot more man this year you're seeing a lot more press man this year and single high stuff from us this year and i mean they've been they've been really really like leaning on their coverage like just putting it on tape and saying hey this is something we can do because i think when you look at the philosophy on both sides of the ball for the preseason this year it's completely different than it's been in the first few years of pj's tenure where they're putting a lot of offense on film they're maybe not running like a lot of diverse plays, but they're running like they're running the same stuff out of a lot of different formations. And then they throw in like a new, a new wrinkle or two, like a new player two they threw in last week. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the offense look much more like it's supposed to look in conference play starting next week. You know, I think as we head and in, head into conference play, the one thing I'm going to look at at our defense is while it is legit, the pass, um, the pass, part of the defense does scare me right now just because I feel like they're not getting a bunch of reps um, and like throws down the field. You had some uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty run heavy team last week with Western Illinois that tried to run the ball. And then you had New Mexico state that, you know, their quarterbacks didn't even throw 10 times. So, well, I um, think, I think that speaks to the unit personally, because when you're down six, you know, 50 points, you want to throw. Right. But I, I, there's just been nothing. There's just been nothing there. Like I don't think anyone wants to throw at Wally. Nobody. Tea time. Tea time is you know finally looks like he's turning a corner here. He's staying pretty consistent. And then you got Howden and Newbin on the back. And I just 
It just does not look like anyone wants to challenge them down the field. And it's worth noting here that Western Illinois in their first game, obviously lost, but they did way better passing the ball than they did running the ball. They threw the ball in their first game and they didn't want to throw it against us. They're, they did not want to take the shots against our unit. Yeah, I mean, they've got that one receiver, too, who's pretty legit. Like, and he, Davenport's not exactly just some scrub off the street. He, he's a FCS quarterback. Yeah, well, their one receiver, like, mossed some true freshman in the end zone towards the end of the game, and we were still there, and, like, the whole section that we were in, everybody was clapping. We were like, oh, like, that was that was pretty cool, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I just, I just, I just think that the level of re- of receivers is going to be a lot higher. Obviously, yep. as you go into conference play, but Absolutely. yes, but also yes to your point as well. Yeah, I think they've been solid in coverage. You know, we'll see what happens when the competition steps up a little bit. But I agree, it is kind of hard to evaluate right now. So moving on. All right, cool, cool. Moving on, uh, Game 3 for the Golden Gophers will be this Saturday, September the 17th, a 2.30 p.m. kickoff at home uh, at Huntington Bank Stadium against the Colorado Buffaloes, who are currently 0-2. They lost their home opener against TCU, 13-38. And then last week, uh, lost to Air Force, 10-41. some quick stats the uh, like in terms of like the ESPN oh my bad the game is going to air on ESPN2 um so i don't know we might be fucked on terms of streaming we'll see um or tv as for the uh, ESPN FPI uh they're favoring the Gophers 94.8% to Colorado's 5.2 as for the betting odds uh currently it's at uh favoring the Gophers minus 27 and a half uh, over under at 47. And then with the current 2022 stats, Colorado is currently averaging 11.5 points per game versus R50, uh, allowing 39.5 points per game versus R5. Um, in terms of total uh, offense, 255 versus 582. And then total yards allowed, 428 to 142.5 for the Gophers. But yeah. Um, what do you guys see with this game against Colorado? I I think it's going to go pretty similar to last year when we shut them out 30-0 to zero at Folsom Field. I mean, sh- sure, Mike Sanford's on his, trying to be on his revenge tour here, and sure, he knows a lot about our offense, but I really don't think in the end that's going to help them because um, while they might know, like, schemes or what they might do, like they're going to add flares. They're going to add someone to a package that's designed to do this, but it's going to turn out to be something else that they normally do. Um, Kirk's going to be just fine navigating them, their defense. I mean, they have started this year. Um, Brendan Lewis, who started, can't remember which game he started, but they they still haven't even decided on a quarterback yet. And last year, if he starts against us, he had a QB rating of four, 4.4. He was eight for 16, couldn't throw couldn't really run. We held them to negative 19 rushing yards last year. Like, they they couldn't even run the ball, but let alone pass. So, um, with the team really not changing too much, um, and with pretty much the addition of Mike Sanford, I really don't see it as 
too much of a challenge. Yeah, I'm very much in the same camp as Griff. This is a team that we shut out last year. Obviously, they're off to a rocky start again here. The Gophers look as good as I remember them ever looking. I, I And I think that there's a lot of that is, has to do with, you know, there's a lot of experience at the top. The leadership is a very experienced bunch. Tanner Morgan's a sixth-year senior. Uh, Mo Ibrahim is a sixth-year senior. Um, John Michael Schmitz is obviously up there with them. Uh, Crab, I believe, is also sixth-year. Um, so, you know, this is, this is a unit that's going to go out. They're going to score points. The defense is playing really sharp football. We're going in and playing on a bottom of the barrel Pac-12 squad. I I can see this being. It's I don't think it's going to be quite the same level of blowout, but yeah, I don't think we have anything to worry about here. Yeah, I mean, they gave up 474 rushing yards alone last week to Air Force. Hmm. So I mean. I think Trey Potts, Mo Ibrahim, probably even Bryce Williams towards the end there are going to be eating. So um, I would, ex- I don't really like know what to expect from like an offense perspective because I've been expecting run-heavy offenses for the past two games, and they've immediately started with some sort of RPO slant or skinny post the past two games in a row. So, I mean, I expect them to still kind of try and stay balanced a little bit on offense. But with that being said... Colorado, unfortunately, got hit by the transfer portal pretty hard, too. They lost some really, really good players. Um, And the team right now, I think, is just talent efficient. And I don't think Mike Sanford is an addition, necessarily. Uh, So, I don't know. It's it's another game where the Gophers should go in and take care of business. Yeah, and I agree with all three of you guys. Um, I think this is a game where the Gophers go, uh, go in. It's a home game as well. So go ahead and finish your business and then get 1-0 in the Colorado season and then move on and get ready for Big Ten play as we open up with Michigan State the week after. But other than that, I have nothing to add on my end. Just looking forward to a fun game uh, this upcoming Saturday, uh, assuming we can find it on streaming or TV. Um, just don't mention the guys just don't mention any links and stuff so we don't get those taken down by uh, mm-hmm. ESPN. And um, Okay. Uh, go moving on. So, um, well, yeah, <laughs> I was surprised Scott Frost. Uh, back to the Scott Frost shit. Uh, yeah, he got fired sooner than later. <laughs> there is no way after that game he still has a job. There's just you couldn't do it. Like, there's no way you lose to that team and then show up in meetings on Monday and be like, yeah, this is what we're rolling with for another couple weeks. It's just not. You just can't do it. Actually, sorry, uh, I have to interject. I done goofed um, predictions for Buffalo or Colorado. Oh, Gophers by a billion. <laughs> All right. Um, I said thirty-eight to ten. I think we'll let them score ten points with our second uh, with our third team. <laughs> I didn't expect Jason to be the pessimist this week. <laughs> uh, I am. I'm going to say forty-eight to ten. All right. Same as last year. 38 to 0? 30 to 0. All righty. My bad. Okay. 
Back to the memes are out in the third quarter. I am disappointed that we didn't get to. I am disappointed we didn't get to 69. I just want. I just want that to be out there. (laughs) I'm disappointed. The the record so reflects. Oh my god! So we were so close. (laughs) Well, Dalen Wright had it. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Usa. Okay, back to Scott Frost. Um. Well, was I right back there? Like, they were willing to pay an extra seven and a half million yeah. just to let let his ass go by like three or four games or something like that. October first. Damn. And honestly, what's seven and a half million dollars to to Nebraska football? What's seven and a half million dollars? It's a yeah. drop in them. Yeah. True. Uh, then the it's kid... just like it's okay. just like embarrassing and like bad for their brand at this point too. Like. Especially after that, I mean, you have to cut bait, I think, right then and there because it's just it's, it's just such a bad look. Like, how do you – like, you're talking, like, you know, a couple more weeks of him going out there and recruiting and a couple more weeks of him game planning and molding your current talent because they always recruit well. There's there's dudes on that team, but it's just they don't get coached up. They don't – nothing – they don't progress well, I mean- just look at their quarterback situation where Adrian Martinez came in and I don't know that he was a pro level quarterback, but he was a solid talent for the big 10 and Scott Frost just, you know, shit the bed with him. He was getting like preseason Heisman hype for a little bit. He pretty much did. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's off at Kansas state. Doing some nice things over there too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, it's just, I'll, I'll miss him. I'm upset I'm not going to get to say goodbye <laughs> with our Nebraska game. You know, all hey, the good so times. Torch Nebraska the same way. Just one last time, right? My my, I, I was really hoping it was a home game this year and that they'd be here so I could make a Scott Frost forever sign. And then, As the guy going out to Nebraska for this game, I'm really devastated that I bought my plane ticket before they fired him. <laughs> Is it the uh, non-refundable ticket? You know, I think I probably could get a refund on it, but I'm not going to. You get to see Zach in Kansas City. It's fine. Yeah, (laughs) I get to go see Zach out in Kansas, so it's all good. All right. uh, We good with the Scott Frost stuff, or we we want to move on? (laughs) Uh, I'll, I'll just say something not even about Scott, but I'm actually really excited for Mickey Joseph, who's taking over. Um, I think yeah. he deserves this shot to be a head coach mm-hmm. um, if people can see because as I mean Mickey Joseph played quarterback for Nebraska way back in the day um, and I think and his younger brother is Vance Joseph um, with the Broncos mm-hmm. um, but I think he's got what it takes to um, you know make his shot in in the uh, the coaching debut because they're all they're all throwing out these names of people that could take over. And I'm like, let's make sure Mickey gets some respect as well. So I think the players loved it too. So I'm really excited to see if that pans out and makes them more competitive. Who do they get this week? Who do they play? Uh, Good question. I got you. Uh, They are playing number six, Oklahoma. Yikes. Yeah. That is not the game you want to walk into. Hey, at least you've got no expectations, though. 
That's true. Well, I, I, I suppose number six lost this week, didn't they? Yep. You know, I'm, you know, with Scott Frost gone, I know we love to shit talk him and this like, beat his ass again. Um, with him gone, I kind of going back to what Griffin said. I'm looking forward to what Mickey can do uh, at at interim. Um, I think maybe I don't know. It's hot. Nebraska upsets number six Oklahoma. That's too hot. Too hot. That's too hot. <laughs> too hot. I'm, I'm, easy. I'm, Oklahoma's losing that one. I'm, I'm going. I'm going with it. Um, but yeah, they're playing number six Oklahoma. Then for the rest of their season, here's Big Ten play. So they play Indiana first. Rutgers. Technically a winnable football game. Uh, for Indiana, you mean? Indiana. Uh, Rutgers is Rutgers has looked good the first couple weeks. I don't think that they're necessarily a great football team, but you know. Do they have a I different quarterback say, over at Rutgers now? Because I don't think it's Noah Vedra anymore, right? No, I think Vedra graduated. Remember when Vedra was a quarterback for Nebraska? <laughs> the old days. All right. Uh, next up, they're playing Purdue. I think Purdue's going to slack them, honestly. They're gonna, Nebraska's going to have a tough go of it. It's uh, hard to it's hard to even know anything at this point. I mean, it's going to be yeah. a brand new coach. We just don't know. Yeah. We don't know what Nebraska's going to be capable of, but like we know what Purdue can do. Even though they lost to Penn State, we know that they're not exactly a team to be slept on. Yeah, um, and then uh, next, the Illini at home, I think. Then uh, November 5th is against us uh, at Memorial Field. Um, they play number four, Michigan, at Big House. Um, then their last two games is Wisconsin and Iowa. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out for them. Yeah, we're quickly learning that Iowa is a very beatable football team. <laughs> Did they only score seven points again last game? Yep. Yeah, ten <laughs> seven loss. First time in six years they've lost to the Cyclones for the Cyhawk robbery. Tanner Morgan has more rushing t- touchdowns in two games than Iowa has scored touchdowns all season. Ooh. Uh, I wonder how quickly Brian Ferentz will be out of a job. Not that fast. Did anyone see the people on Twitter being like, Nebraska, you can have him. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I saw that. That was funny. (laughs) But yeah, um, yeah, Scott Frost is gone. Good riddance. That man can't hurt you anymore, Huskers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but then like... If they start getting good again, I gotta see their shit on t- Twitter again. <laughs> You'll see their shit on Twitter no matter what. True. All right, all right. Um, other than that, uh, I do want to touch on the, the NFL season did start again yesterday or last week on Thursday. Um, but damn. Uh, first of all, Bears soup. Yo, what up? How about them Bears? Let's go. <laughs> you gotta be excited about that one, soup. That was. I- that was a fun game to watch. For you, maybe. <laughs> well, just watching them play in a slip and slide. I mean, it was fun. It was fun to watch in the sense that we won, but it's just such an emotional roller coaster. 
Oh, yeah. No, I can't imagine that as a Bears fan, it was fun to watch the Bears play like that. But, like, watching the game in that kind of weather, that's just fun football to watch. I love that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was great. It was great to see them, like, actually make adjustments and come out at the second half and, you know, look a lot better and have a lot more success moving the um, moving the ball and all that stuff. The first quarter was just like having flashbacks the entire time, and it was just terrible the first half, the entire first half. A very unexpected dub, and that's what you take. Uh, I wouldn't call it unexpected, personally. I mean, week one of the NFL is always pretty wild, and I think – a lot of people discount how much turnover the Bears roster has actually seen this year. There's like less than nine players from the old regime on the 53-man roster right now, which is crazy for a one-off season of work. So it's like a completely different-looking team now. And, I mean, obviously you can see the effects of their coaching already. So I I, I think they're going to – I don't know. I have no idea how good they're going to be. I have no expectations really for them this year because – just this year just doesn't matter from a franchise standpoint, but they have no quit, and they showed that yesterday. Yesterday, and if they play every game like that, they're gonna they're gonna hang around. So, and I do want to mention too, in terms of our division, because the Vikings beat the Packers twenty three to seven for that. Uh, was it so so great? Yeah, so great. Uh, but I will say, um, Aaron Rodgers is very impatient. With his uh, current receivers. <laughs> uh, the best part of that game was watching Christian Watson drop a touchdown <laughs> immediately. Through the hands. <laughs> Just right into the breadbasket. We all knew what the Vikings were Hall of Famer Alan Lazard. Yeah, that's the thing. I've been, I've been hearing from so many Packer fans about, oh, well, the Bears have no receivers. And I'm like, you guys, your number one receiver is who? Romeo Dobbs? Like, it's a fifth-round pick, you guys. Like, oh, it's Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's their number one receiver. Yeah. Sure. But he's yeah, injured. Yeah, but he was hurt, so yeah. I wasn't really counting him at the time. Last year, he was a wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Packers fans are special people, so. Just like how we treat the Nebraska fans. <laughs> as, as great as this as that win was for the Vikings, I don't want people to, like, overreact either. Yeah. Being like, oh my God, this was, like, just people are like, oh, this was such a dominant performance. I'm like, it really wasn't. From the fact that if you looked at it and you thought, okay, Watson didn't drop a touchdown pass and um, A.J. Dillon goes in for the touchdown on the one-yard line, that's a 23-21 game. And then there was that time I think we sacked Rodgers and knocked him out of field goal range and they had to, like, punt it. So I'm yep. sitting there thinking, like, okay, sure, it's 23-7, to but, you know, that's two, three plays away from making that yeah. essentially high game. Um, but nonetheless – the uh, defense held their ground when it mattered, uh, even after the adjustments. But yeah, it was uh, definitely a beautiful sight yeah. overall. Yeah. I, I know the. the... Go ahead. Chris. I, was, I was I was just gonna say for the Watson one, I just knew all Viking fans in their head were thinking, like, "Oh God, here we go again." <laughs> yeah. No, I guess uh, for for you guys, I think the only really thing you can take away from it as a Vikings fan is that all the people who uh, we're saying like Kirk Cousins is a chance to win the MVP. Pick the wrong Viking, and it's Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, because he looked insane. He uh, was what was it? I think ten receptions for a, a buck eighty four. Um, no, he was 
He's in the Oh, something like that, yeah. It was Buck 85, I think. It was a Buck 85, yeah. I it, think it was up there. Like, the way how our, I, I will say this, uh, I, I'm not sure it's like with the new coaching staff, but Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips, our OC, did, did come from Sean McVay and the Rams. Um, and a lot of the things that they designed was to benefit Cooper Cup. And I will say J.J., greatly benefited over what the offense that we had with Mike Zimmer, uh, our previous head coach. So I will say JJ got the, when he got the opportunity, he just ate him up, got open. I was like, damn, like, how do you not cover JJ like that? But that man was not open. He was free. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, no, um, I think for me, my takeaway from the Vikings, like JJ is awesome, but also don't forget, we still have feeling and, um, KJ, no. Yeah, KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne behind. So, if the chances were like they double or triple up JJ, you know, we still got a decent receiving core behind him and running backs who can catch. Uh, I will say, I'm still scared about the offensive line. Like that first half scared the shit out of me. And then I think we only scored six offensive points the second half as well, um, which doesn't feel well to me i don't know why i'd rather have like the two touchdowns we could have had scored in the second half but other than that um it was a fun uh fun game to watch uh, at home as a vikings fan even some of the players on the sideline did mention like midway through the third they we're talking to o'connell they're like we want more tempo more tempo it just seemed kind of like they were falling back into the like lackadaisical offensive where it's like, let's just eat more clock so they can't score. But it's like, well, it's still a two-possession game. It's like 16 points right now. They could, the, the Packers are the team that can score those two touchdowns in a matter of five minutes. Like, I wasn't going to feel comfortable unless it was at least a three-possession lead yeah. at any point. In- but other but- than that, um, outside of the Vikings and Packers, uh, Lions lost another close one. <laughs> Um, who were they playing? Oh shit! It's a heartbreaker to the Philadelphia Eagles. Was it the Eagles? Yeah. Um, then the Indianapolis and Te- and it's in Houston Texans tied twenty twenty. Um, Dak from the Cowboys got hurt as well, losing nineteen three. Yep. Uh, Mac Jones also suffered an injury. Oh yes, X-rays on his back. Oh shit. The early rumors are that it's a spinal thing, which would not be good. I think I saw a tweet from Shefty today with back spasms. Oh, they think it's just spasms. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, I'd hate to see the kid's career go this early, even even though he hasn't been great. Yeah, but other than that, uh, week one of the NFL wraps up, what, today with uh, Seahawks and Broncos? Uh, yeah, it's about 20 minutes here they should kick off. Russell Wilson revenge tour. Man, I just hope that no more players... Oh, go ahead, Wyatt. It's not going to be much of a contest tonight, I don't think. <laughs> uh, I don't have I don't have high hopes for that Seahawks offense. With Geno Smith, at quarterback. And yeah, was... a very injury-prone running back at the at the top of the depth chart. 
Go ahead, Griff. I was just going to say, week one, I can see why uh, Lamar wants so much guaranteed money. It's because of all these injuries that just piled up already on day one. Or weekend number one, got Ravens tackle with the torn Achilles, uh, Prescott, uh, Mac Jones, uh, T. Higgins of the Bengals. Jeez, uh, I mean, you haven't had um, Justin Watson of the Chiefs. Like, there's just this whole list of people that suffered. Yeah, T.J. Watt, pectoral. I am Najee Harris actually suffered an injury too in that game. Yeah, I Even, think Najee should be okay. T.J. Watt, it looks like a like uh, partially torn instead of a full tour. I was gonna say it's a peck. I yeah. That. And I'm honestly surprised that none of the Bears players got injured because of how crappy those feel. Yeah, field I am personally shocked as well because um, they put that grass in two days before the game too. Oh really? Oh. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, they put the grass. Yeah, it's new grass. Because well, uh, they used to play on Kentucky bluegrass, which is uh, really bad. And now they're playing on Bermuda grass or something. But they just put it in like two days before the game. And then, of course, you know, storm. But I also, from watching the game and reading about it a lot, uh, apparently the ground screw did a really good job. And then it was really not that bad during the game until the last stretch there where it really opened up. That one sideline was pretty messed up, but yeah, but you know that's the sideline. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, anything else, boys? Uh, I know I mentioned a hot take, <laughs> a very spicy one, which is Nebraska will upset number six Oklahoma, which is unlikely, but I'll take it. Anything else? You guys got anything? That's probably one of the spicier ones we've had. <laughs> interim in, interim head coach for the. Husker somehow upsets number six Oklahoma. Was it Brett Venables, formerly of Clemson, coaching that team now? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any hot takes. I just really want to see uh, the Gophers maintain their efficiency on offense that they've had right now, and I'd love to see them. Um, I'd like to see them get to the quarterback on defense, I'll say. That's the one thing I'd like to see them really do on defense is get to the quarterback and put the quarterback on the ground because they've had some shots at him and they just, they've just missed. So Yeah, they've been getting there and they just haven't been hitting. Yeah. That, and they really need to connect is what they need to focus on this week because in Big Ten play, you miss, that's a... That's you get punished. Good. You get punished for that. You're going to get hurt for that in the Big Ten. Yep. Alrighty then. So let's wrap the podcast, boys. So for everyone watching or listening, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode 49 uh, of us recapping um, Western Illinois, previewing Colorado, some shit talking of Scott Frost and Nebraska, and our very spicy, my very spicy take. Uh, but other than that, uh, and, and, and NFL football. But other than that, thank you so much for watching, and listening, and we'll see you guys next week uh, to recap Colorado and then preview Big Ten opening. Uh, with Michigan State for our Golden Gophers. But other than that, see you next time and have a great week or evening. So, again, my, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O, along with Griffin. I'm Wyatt. And I'm Soup. And we'll see y'all next time. Oh. Oh. And then right here, you can edit in and then like fade out the like <laughs> Scott Frost talking about how stupid it is to wear hoodies and all the bad stuff he says about culture <laughs> and then just put the Sarah McLaughlin music under it nice and quiet and just fade it all out. <laughs> I don't want guys that go out in Minnesota with hoodies on and everything for warm-ups. Um, th- that just says to me that
just okay is enough. You know, I'm a little cold, so I'm going to come out here like that. Um, we'd have got ridiculed or beat up when I was playing if you didn't.